Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Nerd Nest Podcast. I am Bill, and joined, and today I am joined by Carrie and Russ. Uh, Carrie, what videos? I know that you haven't been making a whole lot of videos because you've been otherwise occupied for reasons we will talk about later, but what videos have you put out this week or are on the way sometime soon? I actually just pushed one out uh, earlier, uh, just a an hour ago, uh, and this is updating the uh, SSD on the ROG Ally, but using Asus's cloud recovery to just make it super simple and just to show people how easy it is. Uh, it was a really simple video to make where I just pressed the button and then just kind of just told people to let it do its thing. <laughs> That's awesome because, like, I I see a lot of people often saying, "Hey, when the ROG Ally comes in, I want to install." uh steam os 3. Point whatever on there probably 3.5 by the time well maybe we'll see um you know i want to install that on there but for me i'm always thinking about okay well what happens if i decide that i made a huge mistake so it's pretty easy to get back uh just back to yeah. basic uh back to defaults sensationally easy sensationally easy that's awesome to hear russ you Hello. have a little celebration uh, that, that, that you got to tell everybody about. This is awesome, man. Uh, I just saw your tweet. What what happened? Yeah. So I, I, I hit 325,000 subscribers, which is just a crazy number to me. Like, I remember when I first started, like, my YouTube channel. And, like, when I was getting close to, like, 100,000, which already was crazy, I remember thinking, if I hit 250, I am set for life. Like, that's what I thought. I'm like, oh, yeah, we'll like retire, you know, buy a Jaguar or whatever, you know, but <laughs> I just, that's not the reality of it. But all the same, uh, it is amazing to just keep going. Like everything is just everything after 100 is just icing on the cake. And so it's just been cool. And uh, I was telling Bill before we started that I, you know, my therapist told me that I need to celebrate more. And so I'm like, fine, I'll like because I always move on to the next thing. But I'm like, OK, let's celebrate this one here. And so, yeah, 325 is pretty awesome. All right. Congrats, Good luck dude. to Russ for finding three hundred twenty-five thousand candles uh, to blow out on a cake. You got any videos you put you're going to be putting out soon, or that came out this week? Yeah, just this morning I posted a, a video, an impressions video, the AYN Loki. So if they finally have released their Windows handheld, I mean this thing's been in pre-order since June and so of last year, <laughs> and so uh, it's kind of amazing that they finally shipped one. And I got to say, it actually meets all the expectations. Is just way too late at this point you know that's the biggest problem here but uh, otherwise yeah it was pretty awesome and i was almost late here actually dialing in because i was watching carrie's video about the ssd upgrade so <laughs> nice uh so that's two videos that i gotta watch later on today because i haven't had a, a chance um i put out a couple of videos i put out one video that uh showed people how they can use steam input to mimic smash brothers uh right stick inputs in Street Fighter Six, and hmm. I, I have to say, like it's really, really cool. But the con you, like, if you are scared away from Street Fighter Six because of the inputs, and you don't have a Steam Deck, like maybe you have the, you know, you're going to play it on the ROG Ally, or you just want to play it on a regular controller. The default controls, not not the traditional controls, because I have no interest in that. But the default <laughs> modern controls of Street Fighter Six are fantastic they're really really good uh but you know if you follow my guide it makes it just a little bit better especially for people who really like smash and then i also put out a video on how to get diablo 4 
running on your Steam Deck, which Kerry was like, as soon as he came into the, the call today, he's like, he sits down because he's at a standing desk. He sits down. I could just see his beautiful hair sticking up at the bottom of the frame. And he's like, I'm going to play Diablo 4 while we wait. And I was like, go nuts, man. And then the servers are down. And he was he was yeah. so sad. A single yeah. uh, uh, a single tear <laughs> eked out of the corner of his eye. And I felt really, really bad for him. But listen, we've got a lot to talk about today. Uh I don't know if we're going to get to all of these stories, but uh, MetaQuest surprises us with the MetaQuest 3. Uh, we, we've we now maybe know what really happened with Redfall. Now we've got footage of a new RoboCop game. Uh, let's see what else is on here. Diablo 4 is going to be around for a while. Uh, but first, we're going to talk about the best year in gaming ever. Last week, we were doing the show. And, uh, oh, Jasper in chat wants to know if you're going to do a 24-hour stream to celebrate there, Russ. Is that in, is that in the cards for you? <laughs> I, I need to start streaming in the first place, not 24 hours, 24 just an hours. hour here and there. Maybe, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I got to play a game, but yeah, at some point I will, yeah. All right, there you go. 24 hours is crazy, and nobody should do that. Um, so last week we were talking about, like, just the absolute bangers of games that are coming out this year. And uh, I said, is it, like, the best year ever? And then Rich came up with uh, – wish he could be here today. He's, he's busy. Um, Rich came up with this idea of what's the best year in gaming. And so I said, all right, everybody, let's come up with what is the best year in gaming. We'll just kind of talk about it. Uh, so, Carrie, I'm going to have you start us off um, – Honestly, actually, before before we start, uh, chat, because we're doing this live over at the YouTube channel, I want you to guess, of the three of us, which <laughs> of us has the year that is furthest back? Keep in mind that Russ is Retro Game Core as his name, okay? I just want you guys to make guesses in the chat so that we can see what people are going to predict, okay? All right, Carrie, uh, we're going to start with you. Yep. Tell us about right. your perfect year or your favorite year in gaming. Okay, so this is like I I basically looked up a website to like kind of like distill all this information down. Uh, so I was just like trying to take a look at like some just very high level looks at you know years and and some particular key titles that came out there. And I was like scrolling through, and I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, that's pretty good. 2001, oh, that's a that's a good year. You got Halo CE. You got uh, 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 Grand Theft Auto 3. That's that's a pretty solid year. And I kept on scrolling down, and then I saw uh, Metal Gear Solid 1, Half-Life 1, Ocarina of Time, Fallout 2, Resident Evil 2, StarCraft, uh, Siege Tribes, Tekken 3. And I was like, that is a baller year. What year is that? And that is 1998. That is, for me... Without a doubt, uh, the best year in gaming. Grim Fandango, uh, Banjo-Kazooie, like the amount of PC and console games that were strong that year and pretty defining games of generations, right? Like, I mean, Metal Gear Solid 1, like put Metal Gear on the map for Metal Gear. Uh, Tekken 3 is probably still one of my favorite fighting games to this day. Um, so, yeah, for sure, 1998 is... Uh, just the best year in uh, gaming has ever seen. So, you know, it's funny because originally 1998 was the year that I picked. And then I ended up changing it because I have a, a, a poster, not a poster. It's a cloth map that my wife framed for me because she's awesome on my wall over there uh, of uh, Britannia from Ultima Online. And I was looking over at that and I was like, I got to include 
that game because my favorite genre of games is MMO. And so I, I, I was like, did that come out in 98? Please say it did. And it didn't. So I was like, all right, I'm deleting 1998. And if you guys, uh, uh, Russ and, and, uh, Carrie, if you guys go back and look at the, the, like the, the document history, history? you'll see that I had ty- uh, typed 1998 in there originally. Uh, but it's a fantastic <laughs> year. In fact, um, there's a podcast that I used to do called 143 Pixels. You can still listen to it. There's 50 episodes of it. And it was each episode I would bring on a guest and we would just talk about one of their favorite games of all time. And uh, I'm looking at your list and I have an ep- uh, there's an episode of that for Half-Life. There's an episode of that for Grim Fandango. There's an episode of um, Ocarina of Time. Um, there's like a bunch of these games are all represented in 143 pixels pantheon so i think you picked a really good year carrie um russ in carrie's year of the the 1998 crew what's your favorite game on that list so i i was just thinking to myself i wasn't playing games in 98 i was a senior in high school so i was more preoccupied with girls but like <laughs> i can't i went back and played <laughs> a lot wow. of these games wow. and, there's a, there's a whole gap for me, like basic 96 to like 2001. Like I didn't play games at all. But anyway, so in 90, like those 98 games, I went back and played in like 2001 when I actually like rebought a PlayStation one and started playing a lot of stuff. So yes, Metal Gear Solid one, probably the defining one for me. I never actually finished Ocarina of Time, but uh, the other ones. Yeah. Uh, Metal Gear Solid. Definitely. Half-Life. I didn't really play because I didn't have a PC at the time. Um, but yeah, MDS was a big deal for me, especially um just the storytelling aspect of that was just kind of amazing to me. Yeah. So for me in this year or in this uh, list, Zelda Ocarina of Time absolutely is the standout. Um, I have a very, very specific memory of I had just gotten out of the army and I brought my Nintendo 64 uh, home with me. And uh, I went over to my brother's place and his wife and one of her friends went to Toronto to go see Phantom of the Opera. And so I brought my N64 over to his house and, you know, we had a couple of drinks and sat down and we, we beat the game. And basically it was, if you never finish the end, like you have to like climb a tower. And so we're going through that tower mechanic and we kept getting killed or whatever. And so we would play and then pass the controller. Like if I get killed, I pass the controller over to him. And then when we finally finished the game, we beat the game and we're, we're sitting there and we're like, yeah, I can't believe that we did that. It was such a cool moment. And his wife walks in. They had just gotten back. It was like three in the morning or something. It was so, (laughs) it was so late. And we're like celebrating and like his wife and and her friend walk in and they're just like, you guys are such friggin' dorks. Um, But Hey, (laughs) you know what? We really, really enjoyed that game. Uh, Carrie, what's your favorite on this list? This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. 
Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Am I going to assume it's oh. Metal Gear since you wrote that first? No. Uh, so uh, Metal Gear Solid was huge for me. There's like points of Metal Gear Solid 1, uh, like the fight with Psycho Mantis, and there's just so hmm. many... The beginning scene, the beginning cinematics, there's just so many parts of Metal Gear Solid 1. It starts off strong, and it just keeps on going, and like Revolver, Ocelot, there's just so much of Metal Gear Solid 1 that's so good. Um, but out of this list, um, I probably the one that, oh man, Half-Life, that was huge for me as well. The beginning intro for Half-Life was huge. Uh, but I probably would say that Ocarina of Time was my favorite. And I will kind of distill that down into a moment where you're saying, like, going to the tower at the end. The moment for me in Ocarina of Time is, like, one-third of the way through the game, you're still Kid Link. Mm -hmm. And you just get to the temple, and you see the Master Sword. I literally did not run to it. I just pushed ever so slightly on the analog stick just so that I would walk to it. Like just, <laughs> I do that all the time. <laughs> there's nothing else going on. It's just that you're just walking to it. And I'm like, damn, this is epic. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that, that is like a core memory for me. And that game, like just the whole bit of it, just pulling the master sword out, going through time, going to be adult link and all that other stuff. Um, I even like I have rose colored glasses for uh, Ocarina of Time because I didn't even care about the owl, at, you know, just like over talking. I have like very few memories of that being annoying to me. Um, and I when I'm, as I'm older, that is far more annoying to me now. Um, but yeah, Your time is more that, valuable now, though. I guess I, I, I yeah, I suppose so. I, I guess. I guess that could be the, I mean, I am pressed for time all the time now. So yeah, I guess that is true. All right. Well, all right. I'm going to move, I'm going to have a uh, Russ go now. Russ, um, everybody, by the way, that, that made a prediction, they all said that you were going to be the one that went furthest back in yeah. time. It made me laugh so much when I looked at this, the show notes, Russ, what year is the best year in gaming? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so let me preface this by okay. I, I I did think like eighties time frame and stuff like that, but you know I was a kid, and so years just blended together back then. And so mm -hmm. maybe if we were talking about best console era or something, then maybe I would go back further, you know. But uh, I had to look at it just from my own personal perspective, right? And like I mentioned, there was a big gap for me from like er, mid nineties to early two thousands. There was another gap for me uh, mid two thousands, basically. So I, uh, you know, I was in the navy for a long time. And I deployed a lot during that time, like 15 deployments in like four or five years. And so because of that, like I just didn't have time. I, I played my DS a lot and I had a PSP, but I didn't get to play any console games or computer games or anything else like that. But then my year is 2007. And that's because to me, that's just the banner year of console gaming. And so that's what actually got me back into playing games again. And I've been keeping up ever since. So that was the year I finally bought an Xbox 360. The Elite had come out that year. And also the Wii was like getting huge at that year too. So let me just list off the names of the games that came out in 2007 alone. Uh, so Bioshock, Call of Duty 4 Modern Warfare, Halo 3, Portal, Uncharted, Assassin's Creed, Mass Effect, Crackdown, Guitar Hero 3, Rock Band 1, God of War 2. So they were still putting out games on the PS2, 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and then also, you know, like the Wii was really taking hold that year, even though it did come out late 2006. But Wii Sports was the best selling game in 2007. And that was attached to the console. And so you can imagine how many Wiis were sold if that's the best selling game of the year. So anyway, so that's my, my pick. And it's very personal, but all the same. Those are some massive franchises that all really took off in that year. Yeah, I, I mean, you are absolutely not wrong about that, especially I, I have a really good memory uh, with my wife. Uh, because we ended up going and standing outside of a Best Buy at, uh, you know, wintertime in order to get a Wii. Uh, so we stood out there in the in the cold because I live in mm. I live in New York. So it's cold. Right. And I'm standing <laughs> out there. Not not New York City, where the, the you know, the temperature of the ocean kind of regulates it. I live like on land right so it's really <laughs> cold in the winter time and we spent the, the night outside uh best buy overnight with a bunch of other super dorks uh outside the best buy and we were all just having a, an awesome time talking about that we were really really excited for uh the we and it was just such a cool system so you know that's a really really good pick uh carrie what's your favorite game on russ's uh list there that he that he put up there Oh, goodness gracious. Goodness gracious. That is a strong... You know, 2007 is really the Xbox 360's strongest year. Like, it it is without a doubt. PS3 was nothing. It just came out. People are still ridiculing it. And that is such a banner year for the Xbox 360. Just, like, showing everything there. There is a lot there, man. There is a lot. Uh, All right, I'm a huge Halo fan. So I think I'm going to say Halo 3. Um, but Portal's on here, so if, if then that means Orange Box also came out. Yeah, the Orange Box was that year, too. I just didn't break them all out, yeah. Orange Box by itself was probably the best value of, of that year. That was, yeah. like, Portal was fantastic. That That is a really good year in gaming. I really enjoyed Halo 3 a bunch. I played Campaign and a bunch of uh, multiplayer. Uh all right, I'm gonna I'm gonna say Bioshock just because Bioshock the the whole thing of it that one caught me by by surprise and that one has like a really strong core memory for me and Halo is more just I'm a fanboy and Bioshock was just like a new IP that shook me. Yeah, yeah, uh, I'm I'm torn. Like I'm not torn between Bioshock and Halo, but I'm torn between Bioshock and Portal because I remember specifically Portal just absolutely blowing me away from minute one uh going through and i had it on xbox or on uh, orange box on my xbox 360 as well um and that it's just like the way the snarky manner in which uh glados uh you know pokes at you all the time mm-hmm. and then the 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 moment with the cake where the cake is sitting there and then you're like oh my god like that moment was crazy but at the same time if you ask me any day of the week, what is your favorite moment in gaming ever? I always say it's that moment near the end of Bioshock, and I won't spoil it because it's too important of a moment to to get spoiled on. That that moment where you open the door and you see it on the wall, and you're just like, oh, it, it feels like the sixth sense. It feels like um, that. Uh, what was that other M Night Shyamalan movie with uh, Unbreakable? It feels like yeah. unbreakable, like that moment when you realize everything uh, is is just such a, a intense moment. And I remember specifically sitting there 
and my wife was sitting on the couch next to me and she doesn't care about video games, but she was completely enwrapped in the story of what was happening in Bioshock. So I think for me, it has to be Bioshock on, on Russ's list. Um, yeah. Russ, what's your favorite on the list? It's so hard to choose. Uh, I think that Orange Box would be way up there for me because, yeah, I, I hadn't played any of those games, so not even Half-Life 2 at all. So I was able to play through that and the episodes. That was amazing. That's not my pick. Uh, Rock Band is. <laughs> like, okay. Because <laughs> yeah. we, we played all the Guitar Hero games leading mm-hmm. up to it, and it felt yeah. like Rock Band was just like that was it. Like that was the culmination. And because it was like four-player gameplay, we would have like parties and stuff. My wife is an incredible drummer, and so – uh, she would play the drums. I'd play the bass or guitar, and sometimes we would switch back and forth. But that was just that was so fun. Like that that the, the, you know, Wii Sports also was another one that really got us all together. You know, families and stuff. But Rock Band was the one. Yeah, we played so much of that, and so I really I miss the fact that we don't really have a new generation kind of alternative to that, other than like the homebrew version and all that. But yeah, that was an amazing era for me. Do you miss the plastic crap in your house, though? Because I don't miss that at all. <laughs> yeah, those drums, the clacking sound of those drums was terrible. Uh, I still, I kept my Les Paul from Guitar Hero 3. I still have that one. But yeah, I got rid of all the other stuff. <laughs> uh, well, uh, for those of you that guessed Russ, uh, you were wrong. He was the most recent of all of us. Mine, however, is the oldest. Uh, which I guess makes sense because I am the oldest. Uh, 1997 is the year that I picked. And it was because of Ultima Online. Uh, my favorite genre of all time is MMOs. Um, I remember very specifically a uh, buddy at work. I was in the army. A buddy at work came in and he he brought the box in with him. We couldn't bring anything else in with us because we were in a secure facility. But he brought the box in with him and he showed it to me and I was looking at it. And I was like, this seems really cool. And he was like, he was telling me about it. And then he told me it was nine bucks a month or 10 bucks a month or however much it was. And I said, you're out of your frigging mind. If you think I'm paying <laughs> monthly to pay, to play a game. But I ended up going over to his house and checking it out after work. And then immediately I was like, okay, I got to go to whatever the big box store was at the time. I can't remember. CompUSA um, probably. Uh, yeah, probably CompUSA. Cause I was in Hawaii at the time. So uh, we ended up going there, picking it up. I went to my, my, I went back home and I ended up having to, because I lived in the barracks, um, I had to get a second phone line so that my roommate could still <laughs> use the phone and I could play Ultima online. Um, but that's not the only game that came out. It's just probably, for me, the most impactful game. Um, the the other games that came out that year, Final Fantasy VII, um, Star Wars X-Wing versus TIE Fighter. Um, mm. I absolutely love that game. That game I remember playing TIE Fighter like a million times, but X-Wing versus TIE Fighter was my favorite of in that game. And then uh, I'm going to say a game and 99% of our audience is going to be like, I don't know what game that is. And that's Blast Core. Have either of you guys played Blast Core? I have, yeah. Okay, Russ has not played Blast Core. Russ, yeah, I'm going to tell it? you what this game is, and you're going to think this is stupid, but it's awesome, <laughs> and you need to try it out. It's All right. this is this is kind of like when Carrie introduced us to that fishing Pokemon game or what, or no, racing Pokemon racing game, Pokemon. twin twin whatever, which I can never get Final to run game. on on my Retroid Pocket. Um, so Blast Core, there is a run. <laughs> this is so stupid. There is a <laughs> runaway semi, like a, a semi, you know, an eighteen wheeler. There's yeah. a runaway semi with a nuclear weapon on it. It cannot <laughs> okay. be stopped. 
And so your job in order to stop this from blowing up and killing everybody is to drive a car around the city and smash into the buildings to clear a path for mm. this semi truck to drive through because it can't be turned and it just goes straight. It's such a stupid concept, but it's so <laughs> fun and replayable and, uh, mm. and and just fantastic. And then speaking of replayable, the original Diablo, nineteen ninety seven. <sighs> like that's just such a fantastic, fantastic lineup. So. Um, I know that I like my list is short compared to your guys's list. So maybe 1997 doesn't hold up. But for me, I absolutely love that year. Uh, Carrie, on my list, what jumps out at you? Okay, so I have a few things that I need to talk about here. So Ultima Online, I was huge in the MMOs at the time as well. Um, I actually had played um, a lot of people that might not know of it. Uh, so this is before this is like Meridian Fifty Nine, mm-hmm. uh, but there's also uh, a game that Sierra came out with called The Realm, uh, which was imagine King's Quest or Sierra's adventure games, but mm-hmm. as an MMO with RPG elements and stuff. And I was hooked on that game pretty bad, but that game got me playing other stuff. Ninety uh, seven is ninety seven when EverQuest beta was out as well. Uh, I don't I played think Ultim- so because EverQuest came out like the like I remember I, it was about to come out in '99 because I was right, right. I was getting out of the army and like my friend and I played he was in Hawaii and I was in New York after I got out of the army and we were playing that together so I think that was '99 in fact that's why they call it Project '99 for the for the right like the emulator so I, I played Ultima Online I bought it and I played it and then got grief killed almost immediately. Sorry. Uh, I bounced off that game so hard just because, like, I think I stepped out of town and died. Um, mm-hmm. I don't recall what happened exactly, like how rapid my death was. Um, but I bounced off of Ultima Online, but I still liked the idea of it a lot. Um, so MMOs are pretty big on my list. Out of this list that you have here, the, the games that came out in here, I would probably say that it is Diablo 1 that I played the most out of that list um that that game uh even when it was brand new there's still some stuff in it but then that was that was a really good game what about you russ what's what's in the list that you uh or were you you know too cool to play video games i was in too cool at the time too cool yeah this is too Gir- cool for girls us. punk rock at the time but uh <laughs> final fantasy 7 i went back and played that one later on like 2001 and yeah i love that i actually went back and played all three of seven eight nine and seven was the one that really even though i had the worst graphics like it was just like the the one that really kind of captured me the most i thought nine was probably the better game just because it felt more balanced to me uh, but seven just had like so many neat little surprises in it and so i really appreciated that game and that really it's the only one out of all those i've really played so <laughs> oh, that's right last, last week we found out that he'd never played diablo so uh yeah so there you go oh Wait, you said symphony of the night came out in 97 too yeah, hold on. What did that's a game I really loved. Castlevania Symphony of the Night. On the oh, PS1. that, that I played later, but on Xbox Live Arcade, and that was like in, actually I played that in 2007 when I got my Xbox. But yeah, nice. Love that game too. Dude, GoldenEye came out in '97. I played the hell out of GoldenEye. <laughs> oh, did it? Okay, I guess I gave up pretty quick and uh, looking for games. GoldenEye, although I never Easily. really played GoldenEye. Oh, I played GoldenEye a ton with my friends. I played the hell out of GoldenEye. Like, I played so much GoldenEye that when Halo came out, we were like, oh, this is like GoldenEye. Um, <laughs> like, the multiplayer part of it. Like, we are like, oh, this just... That, GoldenEye set the foundation for split-screen FPS 
for almost everybody, I would say. So, yeah, that, that would be my pick. Yeah, 97 is still a pretty hot year as well. That's awesome. Well, you know, it just goes to show that every year has some really fantastic games. Now, are any of these years better or worse than 2023? I mean, that's up to you guys who are watching or listening to us to judge. So let us know what you guys think uh, in the comment section down below. Now, a second ago, I said that Russ has never played a Diablo game. Um, Russ... I put the wrong Diablo in the show notes. It's not Diablo 3 for crying out loud. Um, <laughs> did you finally play a Diablo game or were you too busy this week? I was too busy. I read a lot about, you know, just other people's experiences with it. It sounds really interesting. Like, is this a game that, like, part of me doesn't want to touch it because I will lose myself in it. But also, like, yeah, I, I'm pretty excited about it. I think it's got enough elements to it, too, that seem a little bit more introductory and entry level. Like, I feel like I can jump in. Like, I, I know the hardcore guys can do their thing as well, but I feel like I could do it as well. So, yeah, I'm thinking PS5 for it, actually. I, I will say that it has um, scaling leveling. So, basically, if Russ makes a character and his character is level four or whatever, and I'm, I'm trucking along on my level uh, 20 character or whatever, the game scales the difficulty based on each person so mm. we could still be able to play together, even if you're not playing as often as me, which is yeah. always a huge thing in these kind of games, because I can't like I, I remember every time my son wanted to play World of Warcraft with me I'd be like, OK, I'll make a new character. And he was, you know, he was a little kid at the time. So he would be like he would make a new character and he would play it for an hour and get bored and be like, I want to play a different character. So then I would have to delete the character that I just made to play with him make a new character and then we would level for an hour and then we would do the whole process over again where he just would have a stack of level five characters on his mm -hmm. character sheet um so i love when people don't have to be the same level inv of invested because of the three of us carrie is clearly the most invested in diablo <laughs> four right now what level is yeah. your hardcore character uh 32 necromancer at the moment i i would be higher except three of my guys died and in hardcore mode when you die once it's game over so you have to start over yeah uh i am how gonna make a feel? hardcore character go go ahead how, russ i was gonna ask how does it feel when your character dies like because you're losing that so, right uh well i mean i did it, i had died early on only because i bumped the difficulty up uh to mm. its highest which is tier two when you can first start off and I was like, no, this is pretty fine because I went through the beta on that and I didn't die once. And it seems like they retuned a bunch since then because <laughs> my my everything in there, I feel weaker and everything's a lot stronger. And tier two, I was making my way around. I was like, okay, I'm doing fine. And then I went against a boss and I got like one shot the first time, like literally one hit oh and gosh. I was dead. And I was just like, well, all right. And then the second <laughs> time I got hit. And I got stun locked and it was like 80% of my health went away. And I'm just mm. hammering the pot button. I'm like hammering it, hammering space and uh, so spaces you can dash, dash and pot. That's all I'm doing. Just brrr, And I just got hit again before I could wake up out of that stun. And I was like, well, that wasn't very fair. So then I played a sorcerer and I died even earlier. And I was like, okay, screw this. Go into <laughs> easier difficulty, back to Necromancer. And now I'm 32. Um, I've had some close calls, but... Yeah, hardcore mode is um, it really gets the blood blood pumping once once you see your health like start to deplete. You're like, oh no, <laughs> run away! Yeah, I saw a clip on uh, on Twitter of Shroud. I guess he was playing with his friends, 
and he his character got feared into an explosion and they were playing on hardcore and he's like oh i died and they were all like wait really really uh so like yeah like it's over when your character dies it's over and some people might be like i can't i can't lose that but for me like i don't even i didn't even customize my character in diablo i just made a random character and a random name because i don't care because the characters are in in my opinion disposable it's not mm. like in an MMO. I mean, this one is more MMO like than the others, but it's not like in an MMO where like this is your character because the builds are always constantly changing so much and so like next month the flavor of the week might be, you know, a bear druid or whatever and so you'll switch over and you'll play a new character and then, you know, in a couple months they'll be like, "Hey, everybody's playing the new th- the the bow thief." And so everybody switches again. So, um, I, I, am I'm okay with hardcore, but I'm also going to make non-hardcore characters as well, especially for story stuff. Cause I don't want to have to do the story stuff over and over and over again. That, yeah, that's the one thing that I wish I, I hopefully I can skip after I beat the game. Cause like going through like the initial part of it, like, yes, yes, go. I understand. Please just let me continue. Stop speaking to me. Just give me the <laughs> quest thing. Give me the marker. I will go there. Let me accelerate past this. Um, that, but now I'm in a point where I'm finally past that. So I can finally get into like act two. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to that, but I have to like playing hardcore. It is fun with the whole build that you can do things because, uh, I have been building my character to such a degree that I'm very, very resilient. So most of my stuff is like my skeletons are there to taunt for me. And I have a lot of stuff to fortify health. And I have a lot of things to like, keep me alive at all costs i won't do a bunch of damage but i can stay alive really really well um so it's been a lot of fun kind of like gearing my build myself in that degree that's awesome um so let's move on to the other huge game that came out this week um i don't know if either of you guys had a chance to play street fighter 6 if you're an athlete you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down after all a team is only as good as its weakest link So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. No. I own, I own it, but I, don't, I haven't played it. I want to play with a buddy, but uh, I installed it on my Steam Deck and then... Just played more Diablo 4. <laughs> uh, How does that run so, on the Steam Deck? It runs well. It, it depends because yeah. there's there's multiple modes. So mm. the if if you ask me, the person who's really only interested in like, you know, Ken versus Ryu, like that kind mm. of that kind of gameplay, that's the main mode. The I, I can't remember what they call it, but that mode, 60 frames per second, no problem. Wow. Then they have the the ultimate or not ultimate the alternate mode where it's like uh, open world stuff that Mm. runs like garbage on the Steam Deck. It (laughs) runs really really bad. Uh, So 
I can't recommend it. I I hate to say I can't recommend it for the Steam Deck because that's the only way that I've been playing it is on the Steam Deck. And it runs really well if you only care about the main mode. But I guess for, for all, like a lot of people are saying the other modes are fire. They're really, really good. And it has so much for you to do. And it's just not a good experience on the Steam Deck to play it that way. So... Mm. I'm going to say I wouldn't recommend it for the Steam Deck. I, I would love to hear how it runs on the, the ROG Ally, which I guess I'll find out next week when my mind gets here. Um, and so, hey, look for a video on that, everybody. I'll do a little comparison. But um, I think the game is fantastic. And I was like last night, I was going to play Diablo 4 on my Steam Deck while I was waiting for my wife to, to, to come to bed. And... Like, yeah, I couldn't connect to the servers or something. Like, there was some kind of error that I kept running into. So I said, ah, screw it. And I closed it down, and I loaded up Street Fighter Six, and I played, like, four or five matches. You get you get it. Like, I'm playing ranked matches, and you get into ranked matches almost instantaneously every single time. I go up against somebody. They let you request a rematch, like, three times. Uh, mm. So, you know, I play against Russ and I beat Russ and then we can request rematch or somebody can leave. Um, and then Russ beats me and then we can request re rematch. And then, you know, either one of us wins or the other one does and we can't request it after that one. Um, but it's awesome. And I also really like that at the at the beginning of the fight, it's like, hey, here's Bill. He's playing as Ryu. And it says this is his chance to rank up. Because I'm playing ranked, oh, and I, I love that it tells you that. It's awesome. It's it's a really good game. It's gorgeous, and the controls are fantastic. So, pick it up if you guys haven't yet. Yeah, I, I am thinking about the ROG Ally for that one because you know I have that external GPU, the XG Mobile, and so it'd be neat to have handheld mode when I want to do it on the go. But then also, you know, the full screen experience with the external GPU would be pretty awesome too. I've been thinking about that with Diablo as well. You know, I'm um, I'm just not sure. Uh, if I want to enable myself to have a mobile version of that game, if it's an addicting gameplay loop, because that's going to kill my productivity. So that's why I like having on the PS5 where I have to deliberately go into the living room to play it. You know, That's fair. Uh, Daniel Boaventura in chat says, how is the ROG Ally with the external GPU working, Russ? Yeah, so uh, long story with that. You know, I tested both the 3080 and the 6850 versions, and I ended up deciding to get the 6850, mostly because it was cheaper. It was like $800 after uh, they lowered the price and all that. So I ended up picking that up, and then I ended up, Asus ended up sending me a 3080, so I ended up returning that one because free is always better than $800. And so now I'm using the 3080 one. Uh, it's, not as, it's not as performant as I'm hoping, you know, with the 6850, that one seemed to do a little bit better. I have been keeping the drivers updated and that does help a little bit, but all the same, it's still a night and day difference when it's plugged in versus not. And so that's been a really nice experience. And all the software issues that I had initially have all been fixed. So I'm gonna work, my next video uh, this weekend will be an ROG Ally one month later update video. And I'll talk about all that kind of stuff. You probably got one of those cooking too, right, uh, Carrie? Uh, so right now, the uh, so our, Asus did not send me an XG mobile. So uh, I had I do use a handheld with a GPU, but I'm using I'm actually talking with you guys on it right now. So I'm on the WinMax two, and I use OkiLink to a full desktop 4090 that I use as my main uh, desktop replacement right now, and it's it's the best thing ever. Um, yeah, I just amazing. play down. Yeah, I play down here, and then I, I played Diablo Four on my Winmax Two upstairs. Just lay down on my couch, just put the Winmax Two on my chest, and just kind of just played away. I had a good time. 
When you're at your PC, uh, Carrie, are you playing Diablo with a mouse and keyboard, or are, are, are you using controller the whole time? Uh, so I've been playing both. On my desktop, I play mouse and keyboard only because that just feels right. Um, but when I'm playing on the WinMax 2 as in a handheld, I'm playing with the controls. And it's very intuitive. They did a really good job. There are some things that, um, like the build of my character, works better on mouse and keyboard, funnily enough. Like there's a thing, uh, a buff that I have on a legendary item I have, that if I am standing still every second, I uh, my damage increases by 15% up to a max of 30%. But I have mm-hmm. to stand still. And on keyboard, I can just hold shift to not move and I can like go in a circle, but not move anywhere. But on the, on a controller, I don't see any way, like I can use the right analog stick to like kind of move around me, but I can't plant myself. There's no button to plant myself because there's not really needed a button to plant yourself with a controller. So what happens is like periodically my little counter, my buff just gets reset for no reason, even though I didn't move. Mm. Um, so that's kind of weird. Um, but in, in both cases, uh, I think like the controller is a little bit easier as an action RPG game that it Mm -hmm. is, especially with the dash element that they have in there. Um, and I find like, also they really minimized how many actions you can take in Diablo four. So everything fits on a controller as opposed to needing a keyboard or mouse. Um, I would probably say that I would almost prefer the controller, even though I am a, a keyboard mouse, um, wow person that would like from a diablo standpoint it's how i always like playing it i would say that i probably prefer on controller altogether just because of how streamlined it is yeah i I would agree with that ever since diablo 3 when diablo 3 came out on console and i played it with a controller i was like whoa blizzard i doubted that they could do it and they did it they did a really good job with the controller and i think that they improved it because in diablo 3 you would dodge with the thumbstick uh, on controller. So you would just flick the thumbstick and the character would dodge in that direction. And they move that just to the B button instead. Uh, but like, I mean, look, we got Zelda, which we're going to have a, a special episode sometime in the near future where we will talk about like spoiler, the everything. Um, I'm like three out of four dungeons and I got the master yeah. sword and stuff and I'm loving the game but I really want to be done so I can play Diablo because I really, really <laughs> want to play Diablo. Um, so it, Carrie and I were talking right before the show that when Breath of the Wild came out, there was nothing else awesome to play. It, like we were looking at the list. There was nothing else awesome to play for like two months when Breath of the Wild came out. Tears of the Kingdom comes out and hot on its heels is Diablo and hot on that's heels is Street Fighter Six, And then we got friggin' Final Fantasy 16 coming right around right. the corner. It's just it's a packed. crazy, crazy jam-packed couple of months. All right. Um, 2023 is a pretty good game year for gaming. It is a pretty good year for gaming. Absolutely. So, you know, we talked about our, our favorite years for gaming. We talked about the games that we've been playing. Let's move on and talk about the news. We will come back to Diablo at the end of this uh, because there's some news there that goes with that. But let's talk about the Capcom showcase because uh, this was actually just announced today. It's on June 13th at 3 p.m., uh, which is, I believe, the day after. Is that the day after the Xbox One, if I'm remembering it, it, correctly? It well, yeah. the Xbox One is the 11th on a Sunday. 11. I thought I thought the 12th was Capcom on a Monday. It, it is. You're right. I, I'm wrong about the date when I moused over. If you guys look at the show notes, well, Carrie's really tall. Um, <laughs> for, for, the, for the audio listeners, Carrie just got very, very tall. Let me fix that for him. Um, 
I don't know what happened, but if you mouse over it in the show notes, it says June 11th. So that's really weird. But um, yeah, it's June June 12th at 3 p.m. Pacific. So, you know, you can do the math and figure out when that is for you. Um, I am very hyped for this. Capcom has been putting out fantastic game after fantastic game. Resident Evil 4 remake, awesome. Um, Street Fighter 6, awesome. Uh, uh we we just got news that Resident Evil 4 remake is getting a VR mode. Um, it's been a while since we had like Monster Hunter Sunbreak came out last year. Monster Hunter Rise came out, I think, two years ago. So it might be time for a new Monster Hunter something. And I adore the Monster Hunter games. So we just got Street Fighter. We're probably not going to see new stuff from Street Fighter unless it's like Battle Pass nonsense or whatever. What do you guys have for predictions for the Capcom showcase? Anything in particular? Russ, I'll let you start. Uh, so I don't have any predictions because I don't like follow the company well enough, but I'll tell you what I'd like to see. And I that's, would like to see a, yeah, a Resident Evil 1 remake because I'm, I'm a completionist at heart, right? I have not played two or three remake. I've played four because I kind of jumped into that one. And even then I didn't have as great of a time with the story when I first played it on the GameCube. Cause I'm like, who's Ava, who's Leon? Like I didn't know who any of these people were and it just kind of pulled me out of the element. I like to follow a story. And so uh, I never played the first three because of the tank controls. It was just so weird to me, you know? And so I would love to see a Final Fantasy or a Resident Evil 1 remake because then I would probably go through and do 2 and 3 after that. So uh, Dynamonic, uh, sorry if I butchered your name in chat, asked a really interesting question. They said they want a Resident Evil, or they didn't ask a question. They said, I want a Resident Evil Classics collection. Russ, would you prefer a Classics collection? Probably not with the tank controls and the old school stuff right. all on like one disc or, or in one package, I guess. Or would you prefer full-on remakes? I Yeah, I would rather... It, it all comes down to the controls. I don't mind playing something that's like an older generation feel. I bought the uh, Resident Evil 1 remake on the GameCube when it came out. Like I was like, okay, now's my final... Like, I'm finally ready. And then they put tank controls on it on the GameCube version. And so, uh, yeah, like it just... It's never really resonated with me. And so, yeah, I would... The controls mean everything to me. If they're going to do a classic collection and they update those controls, yeah, totally would play them. Oh, man, if they put uh, a classic collection and updated the controls, people would riot. Like, people yeah. would be mad about that. I think people right. would be okay with a new, like, with a remake of Resident mm. Evil 1. And people would be okay with a classics collection. But a classics collection with updated controls, well, I think would, like, that would split the audience right down the middle. And half of them right. would be torches and pitchforks. And the other half would be torches and pitchforks for a different reason. Um, yeah. Carrie, Capcom, are you a Capcom fan? And, and what are you hoping to oh. see from the Capcom showcase uh, next week? Or next week? Capcom, yeah. is, Capcom is probably my favorite uh, Japanese publisher by a metric mile. Uh, like it's so far ahead compared to the other publishers that are there. They consistently hit above their framework, uh, their, their, their weight class, their the empty framework that they made their uh, engine during the Xbox 360 era was just a masterclass in like that whole era of different engines that were coming out at that time. Mm -hmm. And empty framework was just fantastic with what they were doing compared to the other stuff that was out. So it was just a, a breath of fresh air. It ran really well and did things excellent for me. Um, the type of stuff that I would like to see from Capcom, there is a part of me and I'm not the biggest fan of it. I was never a big fan of it. 
However, there is a guy named Jaw Muncher, and he's been around for a while, like back on the on the Gaff days, and now he's on Resetera. Uh, he is a gigantic Dino Crisis fan, and I mm. am rooting this dude for Capcom to make a Dino Crisis sequel because I just want to like just like yeah, dude, finally, <laughs> it's been years for you. You because dude consistently is just constantly like just talking about Dino Crisis, and then they came up with like what uh, was it Exo Primal. That game that is like kind of MMO like right. with dinosaurs in it, and when they first showed it, I was like, "Oh, it's Dino Crisis," and then it wasn't, and I was like, "Oh." So yeah, there's a part of me that just wants that for him. I would love, like, I just want to have the internet, just the this gaming community, just celebrate for Joe Muncher. Um, yeah, so that's pretty. much I mean, other than that, I don't know what they did with Deep Down. Uh, I'd like Deep Down to just be like, "Hey, surprise, PS5, here you go." Uh, that would be pretty great because that was showed off during the PS4 reveal in like 2012 or something, mm. 2013. Um, but yeah, other than that, um, uh, Dragon's Dogma 2, I would like to see a bit more of. Um, well, yeah, that's it. The, but by and far, like, I'm glad that they're having something, but I don't think, for me, I don't feel like there's going to be any big surprises. So it's just kind of more of what we already know. Yeah, I can see that. Uh, I'm, I'm going to make, is, this is not a prediction. This is just straight up what I would love to see is a completely dead franchise brought back to life. And that would be Power Stone. Uh, I don't know if you guys ever played Power Stone, but I had that game. Was it on my Saturn or my Dreamcast? I can never remember. Dreamcast. Dreamcast. Okay. Yeah, I had that game on my Dreamcast. And it was just such a fun fighting game. And there's no fighting games out there that are like Power Stone. And I think I had, and I even loved when you turned it on. I went Power Stone, you know, like that that <laughs> intro. It was just so good. So I would really like to see Power Stone. I don't see that happening in a million years. Uh, but that's that's the Capcom showcase. Anybody have anything else that they want to say about Capcom, real quick? I am torn about, you know, I have some like fuzzy feelings about like because uh, Dead Rising was them, right? And then Lost Planet. Yep. Like I liked all those on the 360. Um, I'm so not good. sure if they need an update, you know. Yeah, that's fair. Just because um, something was awesome doesn't mean it has to come back. What were right. you about to say, Kerry? Uh, no, just if, if you liked Power Stone, there was an indie team that made a spiritual successor to Power Stone. It's on Steam. It's called The Last Fight. And it's very Power Stone-y like. Okay, I'm. You've got my attention. The last fight, it's called. I believe so. Yeah, it's it's been out for years at this point now. But yeah, I saw it at, at Pax East one day, and I was like, "Oh, this is just like Power Stone." They're like, "Yes, <laughs> like cool." <laughs> That's it, awesome. It, it, it's yeah. You really need a bunch of people to play to enjoy it. Much like how Power Stone was. Like the more people you had, the better the game experience was. And playing by yourself isn't ideal. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, all right. Let's uh, let's go back in time one day to the day before and talk about the xbox uh event which is going to be happening on the 11th um this one is happening and let me bring that up on the screen uh this is happening at 11 or on the june 11th at 10 a.m uh pacific so you know convert your your time things over and I guess that there are like this is something that comes from aaron greenberg he says none of our first party games in the show are full CG trailers. This is kind of a a, a nudge or a, a finger in the chest of uh, over with Sony because we had a lot of stuff that was just fully CG trailers, which I always complain about, and I really should have called Sony out on it a little bit more uh, last time. Uh, but 
They said none of our games are in the show are full CG trailers. Uh, everything is either in-game footage, in-engine footage, or in-game footage with some cinematics. Each of our trailers will be labeled so it is uh, hopefully clear for our fans. That's awesome. Uh, what do you guys think about that? Are you do you do you think that that makes a big difference? Uh, Russ is nodding. I, I I like the idea of like I, I'm gonna I know what I'm gonna get out of it. You know I don't like watching a fancy movie sometimes. You know and it, it's yeah it's just never the quality is never that great anyway. And so yeah I like the idea of, of being able to see something and be like oh and I'm gonna be able to play that at some point. Like that's kind of fun to me. But it but again I'm a little hesitant because it says all of our first party games. Like how many of those are there? You know and so that's it's maybe very specially chosen wording there. Well, I mean, I don't know how long it, or how many of the games are going to be first-party games, but they it does say the Xbox Game Showcase and Starfield Direct, so it's actually two right. events, I guess, uh, are going to be running for two hours. Uh, and they said they they can confirm there will be no movie or TV trailers in our game show. Again, another another uh, snide comment pointed at Sony because we saw the Gran Turismo. <laughs> I can't believe right. anybody cares about that movie. I, I mean, that's <laughs> stupid. I shouldn't have said that. Um, I don't care about that movie. <laughs> you know what bugs me about that movie is the stupid tagline from gamer to racer. That's, that's <laughs> like this movie might be awesome and I would love to give it a chance, but the tagline just drives me crazy. It tells me that you're just trying to reduce people down to like this, this Tags. stupid little, like you, you like video games, right? You know, and that that drives me crazy. So, like, that's the only problem I have with that game because I like the actors. The actors in that movie look fantastic, um, mm. and the action looks great. So, I'm I'm being a jerk by by picking on them about <laughs> it. But Xbox is picking on them too. All right, so so there you have it. Um, uh, Carrie, you think two hours? Is that too long? Like, I don't know if I have that kind of attention span. <laughs> When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm looking forward to it. Sunday is a weird day to have it. Um, I guess that's what it always kind of did around the E3 time is like Sunday and stuff, but I don't remember it. I always remember it being like a weekday. Uh, Sunday, I think, is a better day just because of generally people, generally speaking, you got like time. You're not really doing much at all. So, um, yeah, I think I'm excited for it. But I ha- so there is, I do have an Xbox bias. I like team xbox i've been i've been a fan of xbox since the original with halo and and everything that they were doing and they killed in the 360 generation and then dropped the ball on real hard uh, at 2013 with the x-bone like between phil harrison and don matrick just sabotaging xbox collectively um Mm -hmm. it, it was just devastating to me to see what those guys did um so yeah i'm i'm i feel positive about this particular show only because Sony didn't have a, like they had a good show. The games that they showed at the Sony conference were good. It did not distill any particular reason why you should own a PS five. And the only reason I bring that up is that because there have been knives drawn in the console war space Mm -hmm. of ever since Microsoft has made the argument that 
Xbox games are going to come out on PC day one. People are like, well, why would you ever own an Xbox then? And now that's happening to PS5. And we're like, well, I'm still going to get it because it's like, you know, timed exclusive. And I'm like, okay, just, all right, sure, whatever, yeah. that's fine. Um, but yeah, so it's, it's, they did not have a solid conference. And this is Microsoft's chance to gain at least a footing to just be in a, in a better position because right now they're in a very poor position overall. Like when you talk about like gaming as a whole in terms of the console space, and it's not for any reason, but I, I don't, I can see why people just get a switch and a PS five and they would not get an Xbox because a lot of things do come on a PC. Um, the main reason I have an Xbox is for backwards compatibility and just how nice that is. Um, that's a big reason. And I would argue that a lot of pe- reasons that people buy a PS five is to play PS four games on it. So it's probably the same thing. Um, but yeah, so I'm excited for it. Uh, I'm excited for Starfield. I like that there's like the, the CG comment because there's, um, a lot of stuff that they're going to be showing off fable there. Um, I don't know if you saw the Xbox tweet where some, Oh my God, I felt so bad for that person. I was like, you put that much glitter all over your house. That's never going to come out. What kind of cleaning (laughs) crew is Microsoft? I hope Microsoft is paying for that cleaning crew because that's going to need like glitter sticks to everything uh mm-hmm. and they just like put it on their carpet on their steps all the way leading up and i'm just like oh my this is awful <laughs> why did you do this um yeah so anyway i'm excited for fable uh, i do like fable i like fable one fable two is okay and fable three i wasn't a big fan of i still like fable one and this is still the time where peter molyneux still had his like presence because of yeah. you know um his studio at the time was still making really good games uh, and so Peter Molyneux still had that status of where he was. For what it's worth, I really enjoyed Fable, even though it was really compartmentalized. But the the music, the story, and how they did everything was really good, um, especially at the time. I thought it was excellent. So I have high hopes for Fable as it is. And I hope that, you know, with Playgrounds doing it, I have very high hopes for it. I will say, like... Uh- a lot of people made that comment, and we, we probably mentioned this on the show last week. Um, the PlayStation Showcase didn't it, it didn't make it didn't make a good presentation for why it was a good showcase for the games, but not a good showcase for PlayStation. And I was thinking about that uh, after that, and I felt like you know what I don't I don't really like that argument because as somebody who owns a PlayStation. I still can play those games and I can, I can also see why somebody might say that didn't make me want to get a PlayStation. And I do understand, I do understand that thought process, but for somebody who already has a PS five, I was like, that was a friggin' banger of a show. That was really, really good. And I was really happy about it. And everybody who doesn't have a PlayStation should also be happy about that show because they can, they can play those games too. Um, you know, we got the Xbox thing coming next week. Then uh, we've got the Capcom the day after. Uh, we're eating good right now with E3. I mean, it's no, I know it's not E3, but then Summer Games Fest is coming right around the, the corner. Uh, let's lightning let's, round yeah. the rest of this stuff because we went really, really long on the intro stuff for today. So first off, um, MetaQuest 3. MetaQuest uh, or Meta raised the price of the MetaQuest 2. And then they lowered the price of the MetaQuest 2 so that they could bring the MetaQuest 3 out at uh, $500. Cool. 
I don't think that that price is bad uh, for what you're getting. Uh, I'm I'm also somebody who has a, a, a PSVR 2, and I'm super happy that I ended up picking that up. But uh, the MetaQuest 3 is coming this fall for, you know, cheaper than the PSVR 2, and it doesn't require a PlayStation to connect to it. Are either of you guys going to be picking this thing up? Or are you guys into VR at all? Russ? You know, I, I, I've never really been into it, but uh, we have a Quest 2 at, at our house. We got it for my father-in-law, and he doesn't like it at all. And I've always meant to go and like try to play retro games on it, and I haven't. Uh, I don't know. I'm a little bit interested in this, and it's $3,000 cheaper than the Apple one, so that's pretty awesome. <laughs> Somebody <laughs> did ask earlier in the chat. They said, are we? Are you guys going to talk about that? And I didn't. Uh, we didn't lean into it because it's not really a gaming necessarily thing. It feels more like it's a computer, um, and it's fine. It's just this is the – I feel like the Apple thing, obviously everybody's going to be making fun because it's a ridiculous, ridiculous price, but I think in 10 years – it, like this going to be commoditized like these things are. And that's going to be yeah. fine uh, as they get less stupid looking um, because man, does that thing look stupid? But guess what? You put, <laughs> you strap a thing to your face. You almost always look stupid until they look like glasses until it just looks right. like a pair of glasses. It's going to look stupid and people are going to have to be okay. Looking stupid. Uh, I think that this looks cool. I'm probably not going to get it, but only because my computer not very powerful uh, so I'll just stick with the one that I already have on the, on the, on the PlayStation carry. Are you picking that up or, or no? Um, I am no at $500. I don't think I'm going to be getting a quest three. Uh, the main reason that I'll be getting it, it was really just for my son who does play uh, VR a lot on the quest two via the Oculus's Airlink, um, which works perfect. So it's, it's one of the few solutions that is a very good wireless VR solution for PC and it does a very good job. And my son plays a lot of Roblox in VR with it uh, and has a great time. He also plays other VR games and stuff. So um, I don't know that I'm going to buy a $500 thing just for my son. But if my son asks, asks for it for Christmas, I'll probably get one thing for him for Christmas just because that's a big budget item. So I'll be like, well, that's your mm-hmm. Christmas present. And I would get that for him for Christmas I uh, if he wanted it. There you go. I hope I hope you're listening, Carrie's son. Uh, because you know, you know, now you can, you can, you can get dad for 500. All right. Uh, RoboCop rogue city. When we first saw this or when, when we first saw this announced, I was excited for it. Um, I've seen some people watching this, like talking about this footage and saying that it looks slow and clunky. Have you guys, have they seen RoboCop movies? Like RoboCop (laughs) moves like a tank. He moves really slow and clunky and he's essentially bulletproof. So people were like, the enemies can't do anything to him. Uh, that seems kind of par for the course to me for a RoboCop game. Uh, Russ, you, you interested in RoboCop uh, Rogue City? So a couple of thoughts here. Number one, I didn't know anything about it. I just saw the footage just playing in Twitter, and I was like, this looks Eastern European. Like, it felt to me very Metro, <laughs> very Atomic Heart, you know, just kind of in its styling and just feel and stuff. I kind of, and I don't mind that. It's just something I observed, but uh, I kind of wish it was third person. Like, I want to see Robocop. Mm. I don't want to be Robocop. I want to see him. You know what I mean? And so I think I would have Peter Willard's lips. Right. (laughs) I want to see his back, basically, as you're like controlling him, you know. I think like a Resident Evil 4 style, like over the shoulder camera would have just been more immersive to me, even though it's kind of counterintuitive. Uh, counterintuitive i think that would have probably been a little bit better not only that but then you'd be able to see the cool thing where he puts his weapon away in his leg right we don't we don't get to see that in first person unless he looks down every time yeah carrie are you a robocop fan 
I am a RoboCop fan. Yeah, I don't know who anyone that wouldn't be a RoboCop fan. Um, <laughs> RoboCop one was like traumatizing to me a bit as a child. Um, yeah, but yeah, I was a <laughs> I was a big fan. I mean, like yeah, watching the whole thing that was like a really cool movie and just the whole everything about it. Yeah, so uh, I played like the Nintendo RoboCop game and didn't like it at all. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, seeing this, I'm I'm actually excited, especially how it like zooms in and does the whole thing that robocop's eyes do when you know it's it zooms in on someone i just hope it would be baller if they could reuse peter weller's voice for a lot of stuff that would be that's the thing that i kind of really need just like you know dead or alive you're coming with me i just i want to just say that constantly and just have them only come dead yeah (laughs) i want a button (laughs) i want a button that says dead or Dead or alive, you're coming with me. Like I just want a yeah. button that I can just mash over and over, <laughs> yeah. like like in Stray, just, where you hit the meow button. <laughs> it's like that, uh, yeah, the Stallone movie Cobra, where they had to, they had to put in drop it just like off screen, just because it would look like Cobra's shooting the guy in cold blood. <laughs> so it's like drop it. So yeah, it's just I don't know. I I do want to just say the line and just murder everybody in front of me. No one's coming alive. <laughs> no one's coming alive all right i did say at the beginning of the show or like halfway through the show that we were going to talk about uh blizzard's post-launch plan for diablo 4 i don't think we have time for it in this episode they have two expansions cooking that's really all that i'm going to say about it uh carrie um are you hyped for the two expansions uh at the moment uh, no, not really. I'm just kind of enjoying going through and just playing and getting items right now. So it depends on uh, the itemization and where that's going and how they do like leveling up and all the other stuff. That's the part that's going to really do it for me is the action right now is really good. So as long as there's a clear path for enjoying that further, that's the only place for me where I'm looking forward to it right now. All I'm really hoping for from this for me is that in the main game of Diablo 4, we have a cohesive story that's done when you're when you get to the end of the game it's a like oh okay there you go that's the Mm -hmm. end and they don't have like they don't have like this ridiculous cliffhanger that's like all right come back tune in next week for you know the next thing and i'm like okay come on no i want to finish the story and then make a new story that that tags in like oh look there's another demon that nobody knew about let's do that you know i think that that would be better i worry that were and don't spoil it for the people in chat who've already finished the game. Um, like, I really hope that we get a cohesive story and we're done with it, and then something new for the expansions. Russ, you've never played Diablo Four. Are you going to play it this week, or do you not have time? I think I am. I am. I'm going to install it. I got a lot going on. I just got a bunch of handhelds in the mail just yesterday, so I, I don't have the time for it. But I think it's time to at least buy it and install it for when it's ready for me, you know, or when I'm ready for it. All right. Well, hit me up and we'll we'll uh, go into sanctuary together and, and kill some dudes mm-hmm. and maybe we'll get feared into an explosion. Uh, that's that's your no that's idea your, what any of that means. Uh, well, you will. Okay. You will. <laughs> uh, so that does it for this episode of the Nerd Nest podcast. If you are watching this over on YouTube, thank you very much. Make sure you click on that like button. It really helps if you're listening to it and the podcasting app that you use allows you to hit like five stars or whatever. Uh, please do that. Uh, make sure that you check out uh, Carrie's YouTube channel over at where Carrie. I'm um, uh, the Fox. The Fox on YouTube. There you go. The Fox. P H A W X. Oh, you just changed your you changed your your Twitter name too. No. Oh, because I my, my, 
I have, I have, I secured both, but I don't use my handle oh, on Twitter. Okay, I tweeted out, I tweeted the wrong, the wrong person. Then Russ, tell everybody where they can find your stuff, man. So I'm at Retro Game Core, Core as in Marine Corps, so C O R P S. That's right. Oh, and Jasper, thank you for reminding me, Carrie. Congratulations, you're going to be at LTX. Yeah. When when is that happening, man? Uh, that's July 28th. Uh, that I go there, uh, and the 29th and the 30th is when the conference is happening. Uh, yeah, that was a surprise to me. Uh, Linus Media Group reached out to me and said, hey, we want to invite you. And I said, that's amazing. Uh, so I said, yes, <laughs> and I'm going. That's, that's awesome. awesome. Very Congratulations, man, and congratulations thank to Russ on 325. You guys are awesome. Yeah. Everybody in chat, you guys are fantastic. Thanks for coming and hanging out with us live here at the Nerd Nest Podcast. Uh, we will see you guys next time. Until then, stay rad, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.